Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So this is the episode we talk about bad golf. And I, for one, have lots of experience in this <laughs> in this category, in this subject. Elaborate, please. Uh, which we will elaborate on in this podcast. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. With myself, Rick Shields, and Guy, producer Guy. Um, we're back for episode number 13. I think I feel like it's going to get a point where I'm going to stop saying what number we're at. Yeah, maybe now, but I think... The number 13 and bad golf ironically fits, which wasn't intentional. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. We're filming it on Friday, but Friday, but it's not Friday the 13th. Um, yeah. I, I think the only thing I keep getting excited about 13 is that I remember when we first started the podcast and you said, just as long as we just keep it going. And I feel like 13 is quite a, a decent amount so far. I think we can get to 14 and quit. It's a good <laughs> okay. stint, isn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think that's right. Is anyone even listening anymore? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's been great. The, uh, the support, the reviews have been phenomenal on the podcast. Just a reminder, it does help the podcast if you review it. You can review it on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give it a rating, ideally five star would be fantastic, and also leave a review. It does well for the search engines, etc. We are currently actually world. We are currently number one in the UK for golf podcasts, and actually we're up at normally top three are we in USA. Yeah, so the podcast ratings, a bit like music charts, or whatever, they obviously differ from when you release the podcast and it goes up and down, but. Touchwood, we seem to be number one in the UK all the time, and number two, number three in the US, number one in Australia. I think, uh, without glowing too much, I think it was twenty countries we we're number one in. So wow, that's class. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's 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 awesome. We're loving making them. And like I say, this episode is bad golf. We've got loads of stories to tell, my experiences, maybe some guys' experiences, and we actually played golf yesterday. And I think that's where is this is this where the topics come from. Yes, so we'll touch on this a bit later on, but we did play yesterday. It was the first time I've played in, certainly since about September last year, which I'm ashamed to admit. And I didn't play great, hence this um, episode is about bad golf. But one thing I did do, and um, I think we should announce it now, we should be open about it and just be honest and just let bygones be bygones. You absolutely smashed your first tee shot. I was impressed. No, I you hit your Cobra F9 <laughs> with its fast face and explosive ball speed, and you crunched it. You hit a lot of golf balls week in, week out, and you kind of went, Rick, good shot. <clears throat> Little old me stands up, hit one bit out of the heel, and did you buy about 12 yards? So you can sit there and giggle, but we both know it's true. So a couple of things that, you know, factually, <laughs> let me let me clear things up. Um Mine wasn't crushed. It was a bit out of the heel. Oh. You'd pinched my tailor-made sim driver and put it in play straight away. And 
in, in fairness, you hit your best shot possibly all year and all of last year put together. But a part of that story you're missing out is that we, um, a few months ago, we, we recruited a new junior editor and videographer and uh, we've never been out on the golf course with him. He plays off about 18 handicap. He was nervous, to say the least, stood on the first tee. I gave him the Maverick Sub-Zero driver to play with. He knocked it. So if you knocked it 12 past me, which I'll, I'll give you that, I will. <laughs> he knocked it another 12 past you. He did. He <laughs> absolutely tonked it. But then this is the epitome of golf. He won't mind us saying this. We were like, oh my God, that was a ridiculous drive. Like, Rick's at his career drive. No, I have a decent <laughs> drive and you've done me. And then he shanked it out of bounds. <laughs> like a full-on hosel rocket. <laughs> what was hilarious about it is because he did it so good, he was taking pictures <laughs> from his golf ball, looking back at Guy and looking back at me after he's absolutely tonked us. And we played at Formby Hall, the first hole, which is a really hard opening tee shot. Water up the left, bunkers left and right, out of bounds, out down the right-hand side. Really good drives. I didn't hit mine the greatest. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Harry then shanks one into the road, nearly hitting a Peugeot 106. Um, and, you know, everything was correct in the world. Um, <clears throat> after golf. that, Guy, do you want to stress any more about what happened in the round of golf yesterday? Um, nah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I went from bad to worse. <laughs> you, no, that was your highlight. You yeah. went, from, you went amazing. from that amazing drive and then it kind of went slowly downhill where I eased into my round a little bit more. Still didn't play great. But, yeah, bad golf. I think one of the things that, will relate to everybody in this podcast listening. Everybody has played bad golf. Yes. Like almost more times than you play good golf. I'd agree. I think for me, I would re- I reckon if I played ten rounds of golf, I would honestly possibly put one good round of golf together and nine I'd feel disappointed that I've played not to where I'd want to play to. Yes. And that can vary. That might only be one, two, three shots away from where I should be. Or for me, it can fluctuate to 10 shots where it should be. But it's that idea that everybody plays bad golf, even, and you see it week in, week out, even the best players in the world play bad golf. Some like seeing that. Some like seeing that it's relatable where they see the best players in the world miss cuts or shoot over par or have double bogeys, triple bogeys. But it's part of the game that can never disappear that will always be around. And as most of you listen to this podcast, when you do it, it's the worst feeling in the world. You want the ground to swallow you up. You want to sell your golf clubs. You want to quit golf forever. For sure. And that was me yesterday. So I've bit... just got brand new clubs as well. <laughs> I've got some brand new irons. The Nikes are getting a bit, a bit old. So I've got some new irons in the bag. I had um, one of Rick's sim driver heads on my own driver shaft. I thought, right, so this driver is a new head. It's better technology. I've got my shaft that I already know and I feel comfortable with. So let's let's go on the golf course. Let's rip it up. First T-shirt, as we've discussed, did rip by 12. So today is a good day. I, I, I'm surprised that distance wasn't going to get bigger. No, then. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was on a few of the holes. Um, <laughs> so I've parred the first two. Didn't play it, but hold up a nice little six-footers. So parred the first two. Not played, as I said. Not an excuse, but not played since like, well, September, maybe even August, actually. I've not hit that many balls as well. So I wasn't expecting to play well, so that's fine. But then... What hole was it? Hole five where you hit your T-shirt before you crunched one. I stood up. Absolutely. I've got this weird move that Rick can explain more that's my absolute nemesis. That means I can pull a driver, pull hook it just ridiculously. So I did that. Brand new Pro V1. Gone. 
So I said, I'm going to hit another one. Then I sliced one, brand new Pro V1, gone. Then I found this horrible, dirty, scatty Pro V1 in my golf the bag. The worst Pro V1 I've it ever seen. It was brown, seen. wasn't it? It was awful. It's like it, the dog had chewed it, it up. Was absolute, and I thought, well, I'm, just I'm not, not losing any more balls. It's just ridiculous. Third shot of the tee. So I essentially hit my fifth, tee, fifth, fifth shot. Absolutely smoked it. And again, I think I did that driver this time. It took me three, but I think I did divide about five yards this time. <laughs> but like that's the annoying thing. It's like I don't well obviously hating bad shots, but to hit two bad shots that no how I reckon they were two hundred yards difference. One was left, one was right. Genuinely two hundred yards difference. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Honestly. The third T shot absolutely smoked it. So I can do it. But why have I hit those two out of bounds first? Yeah. I mean you're a guy explained there at start, you've got a, a, a slightly, um, what's the right word, a characteristic in your golf swing that leaves you skept- leaves you open to mis- misdirections. Uh, guys, since he played golf as a kid, it happens a lot. You play golf as a kid, you want to try and hit the ball longer. A lot of kids learn to use the hips in a forward motion, almost early extension, where the hips go forward towards the ball. As a kid, you end up creating power. You look at some of the long drive players in the world, and they do have that forward early extension because it is a way of creating power. The issue now is guys move still is there, relevant now he's an adult, and that move leads his handle to move up. The face stays open, or he'll massively correct it, use his arms and whip it left. So it's a bit of a vicious right and left. On a driving range, when he's in his in the trend and hitting ball after ball after ball, you will not see a better driver of the golf ball. Do you, like, that, you absolutely smoke Do you remember it. that time, me, you, you yeah. and Matt Fryer and Matt Spay, yeah. yeah, and honestly, I think I had still had a Nike, I don't remember what driver I had, it doesn't really matter. But I, I think was, it was just as you got the M6? Might have been actually. Oh, M5. What M5, you got, M5? I got M5. It might have been then, and honestly now, I'm not joking, I was stood there with you and Matt, and I was like, I'm going to fade this one, bang, I'm going to draw this one, bang. Like you said, and I'm not blowing me on trumpet, I was absolutely launching it. Like like Rick said, you obviously, you know, you will see some better players than here than that, but it was genuinely class. Get onto the golf course where there's out of bounds, there's water hazards, there's trees, and absolutely falls fall apart. Yeah, I, th- I think for you it's it's the lack of play a little bit as well, mm. and, and the sl- a bit of a technical fault. But it's how you deal with those bad rounds. You know, um, I will come into the topic of uh, of having <laughs> an experience in this and potentially why I end up quitting tournament golf. Um, I might as well just get into it now, should I? I think you should get into it now. I think some listeners will know about this experience and some won't, but I think it's worth talking about because it is super relatable. So let me set the scene. It made headline news. <laughs> it, it literally did. There was articles written about it. And that is, unfortunately, the, the challenge I sometimes face uh, now that I'm obviously an international superstar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that in jest. Right, so let me set the scene. So it was uh, February 2017, I think it was. Oh, no, 18. 18. February 2018, I'd had th- uh, two years doing Quest for the Open. Let me, let me get, I'm losing track of time here. 2016 was the first time I did Quest for the Open, yeah. 2017 was the second time I did Quest for the Open at West Langs. I got my hole in one. And then, yeah, th- so then the third year, 2018, I wasn't, really going to do Quest for the Open. I was kind of umming and ahhing. No, because I was working with you at this point, and you were like, playing a bit, but not. Yeah, I was umming and ahhing. It was one of those ones where I'd had the, I'd had the winter kind of just playing a little bit, not that fussed, but felt like, you know, if I was going to do it, the start of 2018 was the time when I was either going to continue another, you know, journey for Quest for the Open, trying to qualify for the Open, doing 
open qualifying, etc. Or I was just not going to do it. So I kind of got entered into a pro-am um, at Lumina in Spain. Beautiful golf course, one that I was attached to for many years. Um, really nice people down there. Three golf courses. Spectacular place. Um, and it was a, a pro-am, three-day pro-am. And I took um, two of my clients, um, Liam Harrison, actually was one of them from Golf Mates, if anyone watches that channel, and Dan, another lesson of mine. And then it was the a competition winner, wasn't it? No, it was the young Irish lad, was he called? No, it uh, wasn't Irish. Oh, no, he was... He, was another, he started YouTube yeah, videos. Uh, anyway, I, can't, I, can't remember. I can't quite remember the name. I want to say Luke, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I digress. Three days. Took the family out. So the wife, uh, the mother-in-law, and my two daughters at the time, I didn't have three kids at the time, just had two, went over to Spain, uh, thought, this is going to be lovely. I've got a three-day program followed by a coaching clinic over in Spain. It's going to be lovely, nice little 10 days away. And wasn't feeling super confident about my game, but was feeling okay. So I did a practice round the day before the program and absolutely ripped it. Hit my driver fantastic. Hit my iron superb, chipped for me, okay, putted really nicely. So I thought, okay, well, this is this is reassuring. I've not played competition golf since probably June the year before open qualifying. This is reassuring that there's something there available. So let's just set the scene then. You're swinging it all right, under a bit of pressure. You know people are watching. You've got a big YouTube channel, big following. What what scores would you have taken at this point? If someone said you can have X and X or whatever, what would you have taken? In hindsight, I'd have taken <laughs> breaking seventh and breaking eighty. Um I would have probably gone Realistically. Um five over. For so a couple round. of five so yeah. five over collectively or everything. No, round. no, for three over. Right, yeah. okay. Right. So I know it's not great, but no, I'd probably right. taken that. Yeah, yeah. Um so as Guy mentioned, I think one of the one of the challenges that, that I face, and it's one that has become over time and you know, the fact that obviously I do YouTube and I do social media and I, and I shared the fact I play in tournaments and I shared the fact I was over in Lumina playing in the Pro-Am and I tell people on Instagram, Twitter, etc. So people know, people who follow me know that I'm there and people follow me, enjoy seeing how I get on. So you told me to put a grand on you to win as well, which is annoying. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't. I'd, I'd, have, uh, I'd, have re- I'd have recouped the cost if someone paid a grand to put for me winning. So for me, there's always this kind of underlying kind of pressure anticipation um, expectation levels from followers people who watch the channel which you know a lot of almost you know apart from pete who was also saying playing in the program nobody else experiences that they can just go and play and have to go back to the golf shops the next day and tell the families and tell the members and it's not so so i don't know severe anyway i wake up the morning of the program and I'm feeling butterflies. My hands when i whenever i get nervous about a golf tournament my hands feel like they are like dead like they feel they feel like they've got something wrong with them when i wake up honestly that's gen- genuinely gospel truth so whenever i'm nervous about a golf tournament my hands really become quite in, like nervous in a weird way um which i don't know if anyone else faces but something i did even on the driving range like that morning i wasn't hitting it great my hands were super nervous i get really handsy in my golf swing then etc so anyway i step up on the first tee three guys i know three guys i like so I, I'm, I'm quite relaxed playing at the golf course i played quite a few times it's on the first tee nervous as hell because i do get really nervous on first tees um and by the way most people watching probably do get nervous on first 100%. tees um 
And that, I think that's normal. It's just how you deal with it. So first tee, driver out, absolutely spanked one. Straight over the corner, middle of the fairway, perfect position. Hit the green, two-putted par. Next hole, made par. Next hole, made par. Three pars in a row, thinking... I know that, this, this round. Have you ever done that before? Three parts in a row. <laughs> this is a very sensitive subject here, guys. I don't like. Give me some leeway. So, uh, in fact, so no, there was a bogey maybe the foot. Anyway, long story short, there was a hole then, fifth, fifth, sixth hole, water at the left, and I've absolutely tugged one left. And it was almost nervous because I was playing unexpectedly better than I, I expected because I was so nervous, but I was making pars in a weird way. Pulled it off the planet to the left in the water. It's a golf course, you cannot miss the water. And things just from that moment went from bad to worse. I literally couldn't keep the ball on the golf course. I literally could not hole a bean. I couldn't hit the greens. I couldn't chip. I couldn't put. I couldn't get the right clubbing. Everything from that moment went from bad to worse. After like four or five holes, it went completely downhill. And at at what point did you start to think, or did you think that this score was going to, kind of get onto Twitter and start getting talked well, that, about. Correct. That, that's one thing that, because live updates were going around, live updates of the tournaments, and people could already see. And, I, you know, I'd like to try and keep my phone in golf bag when I play in tournaments, but it was hard for me to do because I could just think of the, the people talking, saying, oh, my God, Rich, Rich nine over through nine holes and here or whatever. Whereas, obviously, I have a handicap, so I'm a four handicapper, and I know that if I'm, let's say five over through nine which is obviously really quite poor for my handicap but i think well if i can worst worst case seven over is not the end of the world like i can handle that etc did you start to get a score in your mind that you thought look that's bad this score except this number is bad but but i could live with it was there a number yeah you of course yeah i think first off once i realized it was getting a bit out of hand and my score was going upwards i thought well let's let's aim to break 80 mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not, I think it was nine over the golf course. So let's try and break 80. So even if I was nine hole, nine over through nine holes, I know I've got the, the golf to, to shoot level par back nine. Um, but then it didn't go to plan. So I made a few more bogeys back nine. So I'm now maybe 11 over, 12 over, et cetera, thinking, oh God, this score is really bad. But still at that point, you never think it's going to continue to get worse. I always feel like I had quite an optimistic mind where I thought, well, actually... The hole's coming in. I've got a few par fives. I can make a few birdies. Let's try and get this 82, let's say, the worst score, 81. I can still salvage something. I can make a couple of birdies. And to be fair, every time I started to play better, and I did make a couple of, maybe a birdie, or no, I didn't make a birdie, a couple of pars stringing in the back nine. Yeah, instead of the ship. And I thought, that's actually proper golf now. I remember a par three, like the 14th hole, seven iron off the tee, dead easy par three, massive green, water in front of the green, but so far in front of the green, it was almost just there for aesthetics as opposed to actually a hazard. Like the water just doesn't come into play at all. Literally shanked it with my seven iron into the water in front of me 50 yards. And I thought, what the freaking hell is going on That's not, where's that come from? Like, Like, what is that? I know I'm not playing well, but a 50-yard shank... A shot that's hit with a seven nine into a green that's so welcoming, and after I've just made a couple of good pars, etc. So then I think I triple bogeyed that, and then it just went literally just went bad to worse. And then it was literally just then I was thinking, holy crap, th- this is now complete damage limitation. So not only have you got the pressure that obviously other pros probably haven't experienced, well, obviously tour pros have, but other pros in this kind of event might not experience where you know it's going to go live onto Twitter, you've got a lot of followers, etc. But did you feel, how did you feel with your playing partners that were playing with you as the pro? Did you feel bad or because you're friendly with them, were you not so bothered? Or was, were you too, much think, too busy thinking about the facts going to go on social media? Was that, how did uh, that's that... probably a good question, actually. Um, 
I think I would have felt worse if I hadn't played with the three guys the day earlier. Good point. So they knew you had it in you. Yeah. Yeah. So like the day earlier, it was a different game of golf. So I think if there were three people I had no idea of and they pitched up on a pro-am, you know, playing with me, and that's how bad I played, I think I'd have felt really, really bad. Because I would have almost felt like I'd have to justify it. Like, I can play good golf. Like, this is is not normal. Whereas they knew... They knew this wasn't normal. They knew that what I was doing wasn't wasn't good golf. Uh, They were probably just trying to beat me at that point. So, anyway, long story short, it didn't get any better. It was the worst round that I've had as a professional golfer. um, And then had to face not only everybody that was there. It wasn't... What I was most annoyed about, it wasn't just a pro-am in the local area that I could literally sign my card, hand the card in, jump in my car, drive home as fast as I can, kick the dog, have a pint, shut the door, not turn my phone on, and things have... Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's forgotten about. It wasn't one of those tournaments. It was a three-day tournament in Spain. My family there, friends there, people I know. I had to put a face on, and it was freaking hard. Like, it was ridiculously hard. Like, so the first thing I, I thought about doing was genuinely NRing. So I thought, do I just do I just write this off? An NR, nobody knows the score. That's the easy way out, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, nobody knows the score. Uh, I can just say, listen, it didn't go my way. I can make an excuse up on social media. If I want to make a video about it, I can yeah. say, listen, I lost the ball on the 17th, but I wasn't playing that well Got anyway. all the way down there. thought it wasn't there. Couldn't bother going like, back. I could have made there. a story up if I NR'd. Um, and I thought, you know, th- that's the easy way out. What? How does it affect the next two days? I'm not sure. Um, which, there's no pressure then if you've NR'd already. Well, there's not, but then what does that do for the for the team? Yeah. You know, does that put me out of the team play? I didn't actually know at this yeah. time. So I remember just sit, sitting there for a minute before I actually handed my card in, just thinking, do I actually want to hand this in? Do I? Because I don't know if I said it, I shot an 89. So it was uh, 18 over par. <laughs> it's embarrassing to say. Um, yeah, but like you just said then, you I broke could have 90. Broke 90, which is, is some achievement. <laughs> but like you said, you could have NR'd. Like NR'd, I've done it before. Sometimes because the scores are rocketing up and up and up and up. Sometimes because you hit one that you think is in play, you're not having a great round. You get down there, it's out of bounds. People on the tee behind you, you can't bother walking all the way back. Oh, just NR. But by the way, just a quick one: is it NR an American term as well? I guess so. No return. It's so like no return just, means think, you just don't hand your card in. You almost not disqualify yourself from the event. Just quit. Yeah, is that the <laughs> yeah, term? Well, that's yeah. it, isn't it? That you could have just quit. And nobody would have known what you shot. Yeah. You known what you shot. You could have said like you could have made up a line to oh, it was five over, got to seventeen, went out of bounds, whatever. So people are thinking, oh, well, he would have shot about eighty, give or take. But you kind of were brave about it, if you want to call it that. Well, you know what the tipping point was actually. It was the fact that um, so I had a thought about it and thought to myself, you know, I've got three days, I've got two more rounds of golf here, and as much as I've got off to the worst start imaginable. Could I salvage something back? Like, could there be? And then also, I mentioned, I said to the, actually went into the starter hut or whatever and said, like, what are the consequences if I, if I NR? I think there was a fine. I think I would have been fined for NRing in the professional tournament, which is, you know, one of those things you might have to deal with. And the other thing was, there was a, there was a prize for every. Who tried the hardest? <laughs> Rick Shields tried the hardest. Um, there was a prize for. Um, prize money for every player. Like, even really? if I came last, 
And did you sacrifice that within an hour, or did you still? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Well, I'd have sacrificed it, and I would have had to pay a fine. Oh right, okay. So if I would have been yeah. hard, I'd have had to actually pay a fine for an hour-in and <clears throat> missed out on the prize money. But also, I thought, well, actually, the prize money—I think it was a thousand euros or something. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well. <laughs> I can have two more rounds of golf yeah. for that. And I thought to myself, well, let's see it as a challenge. The hardest the hardest night of my life is probably that evening. So scores went live on social media. The backlash was mixed. <laughs> Fans are super supportive. Fans are saying, you know, hard luck, Rick. You'll get them next time, this, that, and the other. But I kind of deep down felt like, I don't know if I'm actually going to play that much better tomorrow. Like, I felt like it was almost so bad that I'd almost done the damage. Like, yeah. The old saying, it takes a thousand great shots to build confidence and one bad shot to, to completely smash confidence. Yeah, and I think as well, like, obviously, bad golf is bad golf. But like you said, I think you probably would have said 80 is bad but or breaking 80 just about. But without, you know, being blunt, it was close to 90. But what people also forget is because they might have shot 90 at their own course and they've played really well or whatever, but you're playing it you know, championship course. It was set a tough day, yeah. set, you know, in championship conditions. You've got the pressure of the fact that, you know, everybody's going to know what you've scored um, or what you've shot. And it's hard, isn't it? It's not like a normal game of golf. So that, let's call it, a, well, it is an 89. That same level of golf around the course we played yesterday, you probably would have shot late 70s, early 80s max. Well, the, the leading score was level par. So it's, yeah. Like, and there was 24 t- golf pros in it. So I know you don't have standard scratch for those kind of events, it's pros, but if it was a standard scratch and the best pro shooting level par, you're probably going to be calling that three, four over par yeah. standard scratch straight never, away. I always remember, because this was one of the hardest nights, so the the lad who shot level par was a local pro to the, to the area, and we got invited out, all the pros and um, partners, etc., got invited out to this restaurant in the evening, so we went out to this restaurant and uh, I sat next to the guy that's bloody leading the event, right? So this guy's... He's like, why is it playing so easy at the minute? <laughs> well, he shot level par. And everyone was saying, well, that's, that's a really good score today. And I was sat next to this guy thinking, I shot 18 shots worse than you today. Yes. 18 shots. If we were to play a match play, you'd have beat me 10 and 8. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... And, and I kind of... My defense there was to joke about Was he it. a full-time golfer or was he... He was, he was a full-time player. Well, that's one excuse for you. Um, so, like, I was, I was like... <clears throat> Joke. I was to my defence. I was like, "This is. I have to joke about this, or mm. genuinely, I'm going to freaking cry." Because it was that like, yeah, yeah. and looking on social media, and I was like, "I just wanted. I didn't want to go out for dinner. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I had to put a really brave face on. I probably had a few too many beers that night, and just like tried to get through it." So next day, woke up feeling nervous as hell, thinking, "Oh my god!" Now almost the expectation level is even higher. Weirdly, because I've just had this horrendous round of golf. I'm in now second round of golf on a tougher golf course. How the hell is it going to go? If this was a movie, he'd shoot 67. But <laughs> yeah, it's not a movie. Unfortunately for Rick, this is, this is his life. If this is a movie, I'd shoot 59 yeah. and get back to level par and win the tournament. And, and uh, I was going to say, kiss the woman on the balcony, but that was, that was my <laughs> wife was there. So, uh, <laughs> kiss the cart girl. Um, next day, tee up, different golf course. Harder or easier? It's a harder golf course, but a much easier start. Right. Two iron off the tee, hit it 70 yards out of bounds left. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you were going to say, hit down the middle, felt good. <laughs> Literally, like almost back shanked to two iron, 70 yards left. And I just, and then suddenly I thought, 
I've just got this vision crap. now. People at the balcony at the clubhouse going, who's that on the first tail? I'm not sure. Watch the shank. Oh, yeah, it's Rick Shields. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it was like not the best start. Like I said, I came into it with some optimistic minds that, listen, shoot a, shoot a 72 and things mm. are forgotten about. Anyway, it didn't. Um, long story short, second round was only a little bit better than the first round. I actually can't remember what I shot, but it was in the 80s again. It wasn't great at all. I genuinely felt like quitting again, but for the same reason, I didn't quit on the first day. I didn't quit on the second day. And then the third round of golf, I played back on the original golf course, and I think I shot 79 or something. Not great, but 10, 10 shots better than two days before. And so th- collectively, for three days, I was thir- was it 39 over. I think it was actually. I'm not just joking. I think it was a tad well, more than online. A 41. Yeah. But, I actually might look on. So if this isn't bad enough, you've you've played badly. <laughs> Terrible. You're feeling deflated. I wanted to quit tournament play. I was feeling let quit. down back at home. <laughs> joking. <laughs> so you've had a bad round, but then the backlash comes. I'm not going to name websites. Because well, I will. Golf WRX. Were... And my golf spy. about it. And also. I'm well, not sure if I can. Why not? Well, it's my podcast. And. They were Ben. I don't even want to say the guy. I can't even pronounce his name. What a... Ooh, feisty, Rick. <laughs> but if you remember, and I'm sure this is true... Probably justified to be I fair. think there was something about Tiger at the, the time had come back or done something, and your article was trending at the time above the Tiger article. Correct. That's how many people were commenting on it. It was on Reddit. It was on Twitter, obviously. People were talking about it. Was, I think there might be a couple of videos about it. I'm at this. It was on February the 13th. Well, there you go. Bad luck. <laughs> yeah, so this article went out completely he's actually got the scores oh no ah factually correct Rick Shields cards rounds of 88 first round was okay. 89 88 second round Solid. 79 to finish 41 over and complete last in a field of 20 golfers um, I think the difficult thing is as well like if a tall pro goes out and shoots those scores that are just horrendous. But it's like, let's just say Rory goes out next week and shoots an 86. You know it's Rory. So you know he's, it's just a bad game of golf. But with you, who hadn't had really had golf scores publicised to such a big audience before, that started people saying, oh, well, and, and making all the, the headlines. But then he did a video about it, which is on the channel still, which is um, called Time I Quit Playing Tournament Golf. And by the way, so, when I say the time I... I, since that moment, I've never yeah. played tournament golf. Like that, literally made me quit tournament golf. But the the benefit of, of this podcast and of, and of of that video was that the liked you've had five point one thousand people like the video and only one hundred and ten disliked it. So there's obviously a really, you know, it's relatable. Everybody plays bad golf. We had seventeen hundred comments, and the vast majority of people saying thanks so much. You know, you could have NR'd, you could have just swept like put under the car. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But actually, you've come out and you've said, look, I played badly. Everybody plays bad. And... It was actually, you know, in a bizarre way, it was a more important experience than if you had a shot 375s because that would have been like, yeah, all right. But, I must admit, when I, whenever I went through Quest for the Open, I always said to myself, I've either got to shoot 65 or yeah. 85 for it to be a story. story. Like anything in between doesn't really care. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the video was great. I think one of the things that I did, and I, I don't know how public this was, the prize money I made of the 1,000 euros, etc. I actually donated it to 10 um, golf oh, clubs yeah. around the world to set up a little junior competition so they all had 150 odd i think I'd, i might have rounded up to 100 1500 euros so each golf club got 1000 sorry each golf club got 150 euros to put on a golf competition at their yes golf club yeah. as prizes so i didn't i didn't want the um i didn't want the prize money so I wanted to donate it, and that was the way of doing it. So, like I say, it was it was a learning experience. It was one that still gets brought up every now and again. Uh, it wasn't something I was super proud of, but you know, and I think the more I think about, it, the more times it, it's become harder to get back into tournament play if I ever wanted to, because people are just waiting for me to yeah. shoot a high number. And also, it's not. No, without beating around the bush, there's not much point. There's not. If you go out playing the tournament tomorrow, we could be making a banging video exactly. instead. Speaking of banging videos, a bit off topic, I'm um, going to go out at lunch and go and buy a package set because I'm feeling rather inspired after the video we've just done. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? That was... So we had the idea of, obviously, a lot of the videos that we do, um, you know, Rick talks about the modern equipment from, from the premium brands and the, the pros, the cons. We, we prove it's better than last year or not. And, and often, obviously, as you'll probably know, it isn't. But we also get so many comments from people saying about golf being expensive. Now, we've proved that that isn't the case because we bought last year a package set from, we'll say it, from Sports Direct. We went and spent, was it £99 in the end or £89 or something? With It, it was on offer. It was less than was £100. £79, I think it was 70, whatever, £70 roughly for a package set. You went to a local golf course. A, a Muni, a which Muni, was like which was a like £10 tenner, to play. And actually played some decent golf. Obviously, they don't perform like the premium stuff. They're not <laughs> I, shot, I, shot, uh, I, I, I think I broke 80. Exactly. <laughs> <Going great>. <laughs> but, <laughs> Good for me. Uh, and the whole kind of, the, the concept of that video, you may have seen it, but was the fact that golf doesn't have to be expensive. So that's fine. But we still get loads of other comments saying that oh, all the premium brands are, you know, their aspirational brands are expensive, etc. So long story short, we saw a set of golf clubs online, and we'll say on here, it was on Costco, um, that were Callaway golf clubs, a full set, uh, no bag, but a full set for like 479 
So we went to Costco and did a video on it. Now, intentionally, obviously, there was not a sponsored video, so we kept all the Costco branding well out of it because we thought, we want to get a golf club. It doesn't really matter where the retailer is. It's pretty obvious when you watch the video what the retailer is. We got a set of these Callaway golf clubs with a bag. It cost just a 5.50, was it? Yeah, sorry, 5.50 it was in total. We got to the golf course, and they were impressive. Yeah, it was crazy. So we've had a few over over maybe the last six months or so. A few people have, have... sent us links to the, these Costco clubs and said, oh, what are these all about? And I've seen them and I've kind of thought, yeah, they look all right, you know, this, that, and the other. But as Guy said, the more this year's come about and 2020 and the price of golf equipment and we don't, <clears throat> for me, I don't, it's nothing wrong with wanting expensive equipment. There really isn't. I still, I still go back to that comment that someone left recently on that Scotty Cameron putter saying, this is what's killing golf when he yeah. said it's like 400 quid. And we, I know we discussed that in a couple of podcasts ago. This was, again, highlighting that you can play golf and you don't have to spend a fortune. And by no stretch am I saying £550 is cheap. It's not. But for a full set of Callaway clubs... Premium brand. ...that performed that good, and I honestly, honestly was so shocked. The putter is genuinely consideration for going in my golf bag. It was <laughs> class. The irons were such... Exactly what you'd want from a from a set of irons, from a, from a package set, etc., Hybrid was decent. Fairway wood was decent. Driver, again, it wasn't perfect in my spec. But even when it wasn't perfect, it almost outperformed the Maverick driver, yep. which is nearly £500 on its own. And, and that I think sometimes the vast majority of comments and everybody has loved it because we've opened their eyes. Um, obviously, some people have said, well, you know, you can't get them fitted, which we alluded to. You can't get them fitted to the R just as they come. And there's very 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 small amount of people but we'll talk about it on the podcast who've said something like oh is this obviously a, a callaway sponsored thing if you think it's a callaway sponsored thing <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> we have gone out and rick has tested them and we have said how on earth can callaway justify three times the price for the maverick product that is is marginally better if you think that's the pr that callaway want you are very much mis- mistaken <laughs> and you can you I'll happily share you my bank details. Yeah. I bought those golf clubs. I've had no no compensation for them. I'm giving the golf clubs away because we wanted to make a cool video. It wasn't sponsored by Costco. It wasn't sponsored by Callaway. We went in, filmed without permission. We took the golf clubs to a golf course and played golf and compared it to the Maverick driver. End of. And, and gave you our findings. And exactly. And if you look, and this is quite hard to notice, but if you do look at the Costco clips, they were filmed on iPhone. We didn't want to take the proper camera in. We wanted it to be really like... Not obvious. There was one point where I think a member of staff walked past. I went, Rick, stop, stop, guy, stop. Guy panicked. He's like, he's like get, get in the bags. Like, <laughs> dive into the... <laughs> I just didn't want them to come and ruin it. But one shout out I will give to Costco, actually, why we are here, is the £1.50 jacket potato. Just the best. Game changer. The best. £1.50 for a massive beef chilli jacket. The best. And you get a hot dog and a... Refill. This does sound like a Costco advert now. This pro- this podcast was brought to you by good friends. I'm actually not going to say it just in case someone clips it and yeah. <laughs> uses it. Um, but yeah, 100, 100, £1.50 for a hot dog and a refillable drink. Now that's a bargain you don't want to miss out on. Um, yeah, so anyway, it was a cool video. It, it was the first video that ever hit 200,000 views in 12 hours. Um, the views are still skyrocketing at the moment. I think we had 36,000 views in the first hour. Um, I think it was a good topic. It came at a good time of year when all equipment is coming out that's super expensive. The PGA Golf Show is going on, going on in Orlando and everyone's saying this 
drivers 500 quid this is well actually okay here's a here's a full set of clubs that's 500 quid see what you think and like i say as we guy mentioned it it, we, it was a lot of praising about the product absolutely but also we absolutely slagged off callaway for the fact that they can charge 1700 nearly mm-hmm. 1800 pounds for an equivalent set of maverick without a golf bag yeah, and I think after the video, I've had a bit more time to think about it. And genuinely, like we've said this already, but the putter is literally a normal Odyssey putter. The irons are pretty much as good as normal irons. Yeah, there's some difference in the driver, but not massive. And it does genuinely get you thinking, yeah, again, they're not fitted. And the finish isn't quite as nice as a, as a premium set. But where does the extra money go? I yeah. know, and I, but having said, all, having said all that, if you said to me now, do you want that set or do you want a full set of Mavericks? I'd choose the Mavericks. So it says something about us as the consumer. I get that. I get that. It's like, um, is it Skoda that actually make really, really good cars? And if anyone's got a Skoda, I'm not for one second bashing Skoda because from what I've heard of friends who've had Skodas, they're actually really good cars. I think they're actually the same parts as VW or I, something. I, what did we see one at a service? Yeah, that it was time? absolutely what was it called? sick. I can't remember. It's like a, almost like an Audi A4 shape, so but it's sporty. Nice. But yeah, if you said somebody you can have a, a Skoda or an Audi, for example, it could actually be the same specs. People are going to go for now. Although this is the same brand, it's Callaway versus Callaway. It just goes to show how powerful you know marketing is, etc. And just touching on that and a little bit again about bad golf. Obviously, I have a, a TaylorMade M5 driver just because if I've got one, it's all right. I'm not great with it, as we discussed yesterday. You know, you said Do you want to try the sim, so I said, "Oh, go on then." Put the sim head onto the M5 driver shaft if you like. So it's still my normal shaft and grip with the sim. Yeah, I hit a great shot on the the first tee and out drove it by twelve yards. Um, but a bad shot was still there, and I was thinking about this. It was really quite good because I should I, actually just title this Rick's bad golf thing. <laughs> but when I stood over this tee shot and I hit that one that went miles left and miles right, like I said before, and there was two hundred yards difference in the two from left to right, and then I hit finally hit a good one. I thought actually, like it does make sense. We see a lot of these comments that people say, you know, obviously, well, it's it's all well and good having the latest gear, but it's made any better at golf, and yeah, okay, but. Actually, it doesn't like. I was stood there then with a brand new. I think, as I say, it's not available to buy yet. I think you can pre order it, but it's not actually hit the shelves just yet. And I still hit out of bounds twice in a row. My, and now I'm hitting five off the tee. That might be the first time that that driver, Sim Driver, has ever played that hole. It will be. And that's that was the result. Yeah. Unless Tommy Flea would have been there because that's his, yeah, one that's of his home course. courses. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we've got loads of stories from Bad Golf, haven't we? We have. We've but, got a few but, things to go. We've got Listener of the Week, which is possibly the best one ever. It, you've not hit, I've, I've know, purposely sorry. not allowed you to read you were, this. You were laughing your head off a minute it's, ago. It's it's the best. It's the be- This, right, so this is the best ever so far Listener of the Week and potentially going to be Listener of the Year. The year. Da, 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 da. So we need to come up with a new jingle for Listener of the Year. It's from... Ed Brown on email. Ed Brown. That name's so going to go down in history on is, the podcast. Ed Brown is just my favourite. So we start off two guy and Rick, so he gets a point straight away. <laughs> and this is what I love about it. When, <laughs> that is genuine, by the way. You get a point for that. Then he's put, here's my application for Listener of the Week. <laughs> my name's Ed Brown. I'm an avid listener, reader, and viewer of all your social. I post a very extensive CV below, right? He's got a CV. Follow Rick on every social media platform <laughs> uh, as he as he specified every yeah every social media platform not but just every social media platform and if he follows me on tiktok he will now <laughs> <laughs> one of guys 127 twitter followers <laughs> thanks receive likes from guy in the facebook group receive multiple in capital letters likes and comments from rick on twitter facebook instagram and youtube and i'm a long-term follower of rick 
a member of the Rick Shields podcast Facebook group, holding the rising star and conversation starter and visual storyteller badges. Join the Rick Shields podcast. Yeah. Facebook group at only 150 members. And that literally must have been within the first five minutes because it blew up. Frequent poster and responder in the group, which he is. I can vouch that I've seen his name before. Frequent responder to Rick on all social media. Five-star reviewer of the podcast. See below. There's a screenshot for evidence. <laughs> he has. Uh, not only are this, but Rick's helped develop my game. Um, helped me understand the game, different brands, etc., uh, really enjoy guy in the podcast again. Massive point for that. Love the work. Um, the best in the business. And he's then put in brackets the If this doesn't get him listener of the week, I'll never be one. Well, we've got good news for you, Ed. You are listener of the week. Has, has he got his Twitter handle on there? Don't, um, read, don't read it out. Read it out. But no, we'll find it. But I'm going to give you when I find you on Twitter. You're going to get a follow, Ed, as well. Do you want to know what? Even got him an extra secret bonus point. It's unintentional. That's why I like it. So when he screenshotted his rating of our podcast at the bottom. He had the Peter Crouch podcast playing as well. Oh, he's got good taste in podcasts. So for that reason, I really do like Ed, Ed Brown. <laughs> Does he know where he lives? As um, in country? I think he's in England. But I think we need to make Ed Brown some sort of, um, I don't know, something. Because he can't be listening. He's got to be more than the listener of the week for that. What could be like a new thing? Um, um, let's. Uh, what could it be? So, Like a star listener? What about uh, Honorary listener? a VIP member? I'll tell you what, he's a VIP member. Wow. And I'm going to write him one sec on the board now. So, Guy, we've got a white wall, whiteboard wall. He almost spelled VIP wrong just then. Um, VIP, Ed Brown, is the first ever VIP of Rick Shields everything. That's There's not going to be one of them every week. That might not be one of them every month, every fort. I don't know when. But he's got he's written down. and Your name is... is in is etched in history here at the Rick Shields uh, offices. Potentially, we could at some point. It, this is probably going to be more UK based listeners, but if we can get three VIP members, let's get a game of golf with Rick. Wow, you'll need to play. You can caddy. You can caddy for one of them. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe Ed Brown actually, because me and I might add. I've added, in fact, I'm going to add, add Brown on Facebook. I'm going to do it right now. Um, awesome email, Ed. Class. So speaking about Facebook. We've had some. We've had loads of questions. That's really made me laugh. Head Brown, what a guy! Um, I've got three questions for you, Rick, that I really like because they're a bit different. Go for it. Harry Hillman, who's a conversation conversation starter. This is class. We've both got to answer this one. Would you rather a hole in one, but there's no witnesses? It's obviously on your own, or a one eighty at darts in the pub with twenty five people watching you. Oh, God, that's a good that's one. That's so good, isn't it? Because part of me is thinking a 180, because <sighs> I've had two hole-in-ones. If you didn't know, you've had one, so, you know. <laughs> but a 180 at darts would be class. I want to do that. Would, what about if it was a 180 on your own? Oh, no. Uh, you can take pictures, but... What that's the thing with, like, what a, a picture of a 180. Because you follow Jack, mate. Yes. He got one yesterday on Did Twitter. He? he put it on Twitter. You can tell the genuinely been thrown. Because they're not like, yeah. yeah. Where if you took a picture of a hole in one, just put a ball in the hole. Yeah. Unless you've got the pitch mark evidence, potentially. 
But what about that? just feeling inside? Like, how would you feel? Know, you... Yeah, I'm all about social. Know. I'm all about social. People won't believe I'm me. all about that posting. Luckily for me, I've had, you've had a hole in one in a tournament, which is class. That was there was loads open of qualifying. People loads of people. Tommy Fleetwood's caddy was there, was, wasn't he? I just cannot believe it wasn't filmed. But bar that, that was perfect. It was unbelievable on a really hard hole. Yeah. West Lank, seventeenth, nearly 180 odd yards, seven iron, flushed it, absolutely flushed it. The crowd went absolutely bonkers people around the, the crowd the crowd there was there's people on the 18th pete had just finished he was on the 18th green and finished sat around the green with carter and everyone and they knew it was me that got the hole in one just by the chair it was incredible a moment i'll never forget 18 sorry where, where were we going with this <laughs> would you rather hold in one or 180 um i'm gonna say I'm going to say hole-in-one. See, I'm going to say 180, just because I've had two hole-in-ones, and it's great. But being on your own, it's part of it has been that I know, excitement. I must admit, that I know. Let me just quick one on this. This is not <laughs> this is a little story about links back to bad golf. So you, you know, know it would th- be funny, sorry, quick one if Finchie got... Because Finchie never had one if he got on his own. Yeah, <laughs> never happened. <laughs> Speaking about bad golf, again, in a hole-in-one, quite similar. I think I told you this a little while ago, Rick. About six months ago, I was at my home course, par five, a decent tee shot, not the best, but pretty long. Had, um, let's call it, 220 left into the green. I was in between clubs, so I tried to hit a three-quarter hybrid. It's a shot I don't have in the oh, locker. Yeah, you told me this. don't have this shot in the locker, but I thought, well, I'm on my own. Let's just try it. It's no, literally no pressure. Hit this three-quarter hybrid and literally topped it into the bunker. So that's my second shot, topped into the bunker. So I thought, nice. well, I'm going to have another go at that because it's a shot I wouldn't mind learning it because this is a perfect distance for it. So I dropped another ball in the exact same spot, hit it, flushed it at the pin, got to the green, it had gone in. Crazy. So the whole, How far out were you? It was about, about two, th- two. No, a bit about two thirty. It was two twenty, two thirty. Can't quite remember. But it was. It was a long, long way. And part of me was over the moon that I've just hold a full hybrid shot. But it was. It would have been for an albatross. But it wasn't a real albatross. And that again is annoying about golf. How can one shot be <laughs> topped into a bunker? The very next shot on the same line, the same day, the next swing goes in the hole from two thirty. Bunkers in it. So anyway. I digress. Right, um, I've got another good question another for you. I've got two more run. questions. Super well, quick one, super quick one. Go on. Uh, a hole in one mm-hmm. um, that is not witnessed by anyone, right? but you flushed it. Sorry, someone in another office is shouting. You flushed it. Yeah. Right, best shot you've hit. Right in the middle, nobody's watching. I know you're going to say. Or a hole in one playing with three other people mm-hmm. that's a bit scrappy, yeah. a bit necky, yeah. You've kind of cleared the bunker just. You don't actually know if it went in. It's one of those blind tee shots. I've done this. I've genuinely done this. Or the first one, no you've one. hit it, you've flushed it, you see it go in, everything. Yeah, I'm going to, well, I'm going to go with the one with other people because I've done that exact shot. First ever hole in one, I played with my friend's dad, who at the time was a junior organiser. Second hole at my old club. Thinned it, literally went over a bunker, went in the hole. Didn't see it, got that it was in. As horrible as it is to hit a bad hole in one, it's a hole in one and you're with someone. So, yeah, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to go for a thin one with other people. Yeah. I think in that situation, I'd probably go the same. This is a question. Now, it's quite in-depth, but bear with me. It's from Stephen Flanagan. Is it a question that he's seen on the podcast group already? And to be fair, I had. Um, so we just kind of brought it back in. He said, is there a certain golf brand that you have no interest in? particularly one of the big ones, a brand that you've never really been a fan of and you've been sceptical to even give their products a chance. He said, controversial, but for me, it's Callaway. I've just never mm. gelled their products and honestly find it hard to possess an interest in them. 
So I suppose for you as obviously an independent reviewer, it's hard to say have that mindset. But is there a brand or a product that you have? I, I know I'm sure you can guess who my brand is. I just don't have any interest in. I don't like. You don't like? Hmm. Don't know. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> to the mouth, it's a Rick. <laughs> the audio's too good. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... I, why is that? Do you want to say in the brand or not? I don't know. Why do you not like... Why, why do you not like it? I think why it's do, hard why are you not to, bothered about them first? I think it's hard to say that, say, in the brand. Um, no, go on. It's not. Can say, uh, Imagine you've told me the brand. Right. Why, why is it you're not interested about them? Uh, don't like the marketing. Um, don't like the look of the products visually from certain... I'm trying to be very careful. Certain angles. Um, don't like what they stand for. Um, it's quite a lot of reasons, really. Okay, interesting. Um, There's probably one brand for me that... Um, or is there... It's hard. It's a hard. We we try and keep an open mind with everything, and certainly from products that we're reviewing, we'd never have an. I'd never have that mindset with a product because it's pointless to review a product if you're not going to like it. But I think if I take my work hat off and just go back to as a golfer, there is some brands I would never, probably never purchase, and some of them are brand snobbery. If I'm being honest with you, I'll be open. So there's some brands I probably would, and I know this isn't true for you because you've had some of the brands that I wouldn't use. You've used like Ben Hogan Irons, Ben Hogan Irons, Wilson Irons, yeah, Cobra Driver. I would Cobra have a Cobra driver, would. but it's not popular. It's more popular choice putter. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Pro- Certainly, it sounds bad, Wilson. I think I've had one Wilson club in my life, which was the old, what's a TP's shape? I can't remember what it's called, TP's, the famous putter. I can't remember the name, whatever. Um, as a junior, but that doesn't really count. But And I don't know why, and it sounds bad, because it makes Wilson make really good product, and it's often at a really good price point. But I hold my hands up, and I'm not... It's not Wilson's fault. I feel like a bit of a brand snob, but the brand that I said before, that I've not said, isn't that kind of brand. I, I feel like the one you thing you don't like about Wilson is the logo, right? It's old. It's yeah. a bit old school. So I don't mind that. But, and then this is... I quite I, like being different with them. Yeah, exactly. I quite like being different with brands, though. Mm. Swapping stuff I've almost and... become so numb to... Um, disliking or liking brands mm, that's good. which is great, great. for you know for what I, what I do as a job but there's no brands that I dis- certainly dislike and there's no certain brands I certainly love I'm just mm. like right in the middle I give everyone a chance um, some products I don't like mm-hmm. some prices I'm not always familiar with or like but <clears throat> yeah it's interesting yeah <laughs> sorry I didn't really answer that question for you but it's hard um, and then the last question I've got which is quite cool again is from James Smith, who's again a conversation starter. And he says, Titleist Vokey wedges, are they all that? So yesterday, Vokey in general. He's just putting, yeah. Just, just so the, Vokey wedges, I've used literally Vokey wedges from, from being a kid. Um, made unbelievable wedges. I can't remember the first ever one I tried, but they were they made so good wedges for so long. Bob Vokey, a phenomenal uh, craftsman. Uh, obviously designed the wedges, then Titleist bought them kind of brought Bob Vokey into their Accushionet brand. Still makes phenomenal wedges now. I've probably had everything from SMs, SM2s, 3s, 4s, 5s, 6s, 7s. And now the new SM8s have also just been released, which I tested yesterday. Video of that will be coming this week if we release the podcast Monday. The yeah, should be this week. SM8 
review slash test slash fun little challenge with them we'll drop this week um which on the topic of holding one um mm-hmm. yeah they're good i've yeah. got I've, like i've got no again I, I like them i understand why people might not want them because they're quite expensive i understand why people will get confused by them because of all the bounce yeah. grind finish loft options which could be simplified i think a wedge is a wedge i wish that vokies just came out with this is the new Vokey wedge for 2020. Like, it doesn't have to be SM8. It doesn't okay. have to be SM9. Yeah, they probably could do that. Like, I just feel like now Vokey are in a position where the wedges aren't going to change that much. A bit like a BMW 3 Series. That's just the new model. That's the new shape. That's the new look. Done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? True. I mean, I've I've had Vokies before, and I'm sure at some point in the future I'll have Vokies again, and they are a great wedge. But probably where I'd... If you asked me any better than anything else, I think I'd say... No. However, when I was growing up, and I it was very much when I started golf and I was at the age I could start to get adults clubs, it was very much a case if you you have two options. You go for a, a Cleveland or you go for a Vokey. That was a two. It was the 588s or the Vokies, the oil can finish and all that kind oh, of stuff. the best. And at the time, I would say, and it might just be my looking back at stuff, but I would say that Cleveland and Vokey were head and shoulders above the competitors. TaylorMade's, for me, TaylorMade's first good wedges were the RACs, which actually had a, a set of, or the rack, whatever you want to call them. Callaway wedges weren't much to, weren't great. I think the rack just came at a slightly different price point, if I remember, because I had those. They were a bit remember. cheaper. Were they? So like, they were like under 100 quid, where were, a lot of Vokies and two little holes like, in the yeah, back. Yeah. Um, but then obviously, TaylorMade kind of messed up a few times with wedges. They had the ones that had the adjustable face. You could screw the face out and stuff. But what I'm kind of getting to, I think for a long time, certainly in my golfing life, Vokey and Cleveland were the best. So I think they got this this branding right and this kind of association with being the best. Yeah, prestige, and the best exactly. players in the world were playing them. And 100%. Everything. Whereas now, genuinely, is a Vokey better than a Callaway wedge? Probably not. The one that's dropped ping. off is Cleveland. Yeah, I don't like f- the Cleveland wedges, Cleveland yeah. clubs in general have just dropped yeah. off. It's a shame because they were bought by Shrixen and Shrixen decided to you know bring that brand into fruition mm. a bit more and they kind of left Cleveland by the wayside where this year the Cleveland driver I've tested is phenomenal I've not tested the Cleveland wedges but um, they've kind of dropped off Vokey still remained as number one but like you say yeah. I've got tailor-made wedges in the bag at the moment and the phenomenal the mill grind twos yeah. I've had the jaws wedges I've had um, Vokies SM6s I would have done yeah I think a big thing for me with wedges is actually the shape. So yesterday, obviously, we did the uh, Vokey review. We literally had loads of different Vokies, and then we went and played nine holes. And I was actually going to put in a, a Vokey just for the sake of trying one, but then I didn't. And my old Nike wedges, which are literally four or five years old now, the shape of them to me, I just love it. I really, it's really squirrelied in edge, which I like. I know it's not everyone's preference. So I think for wedges, it's very much a personal thing. If you growl obviously it's down to spin and feel as well etc but if you like the look of a cleveland wedge for example or a cobra or a callaway or whatever brand and it gives you confidence that's the one to go for i wouldn't choose brand over brand for any other reason no really. exactly and with wedges nowadays again as long as if you're picking up a, a brand new sm6 or a brand new sm7 when the new sm8s come out you're not going to be far off the mark with those wedges anyway um did we have any stories with like bad golf? I thought we asked a good question. We did. We asked it, and the problem was we've had that many responses <laughs> on. And this sounds bad, doesn't it? But that many responses on Twitter and on on the main Facebook page, um, it's actually quite hard, and they're quite long as well, which is great. I'll it's tell you what, guys, to... it, isn't it? Is an interesting one. I'll I'll, 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 I'll we'll pin 
the com- we'll pin the Facebook post in the description of the podcast and the Twitter post. Cool. Go and have a read yes. through those. Um, what was I going to say? I just got a message. Those stories. Those stories. Because if, you, if you've ever experienced bad golf, this will make you feel quite good because um, it can be it, sometimes, and again, what I saw from the bad golf I played in Lumina in Spain is that people like really liked it. They got, you know, they they related to it. Here's a good one, actually. It's really simple, but from Martin on, face, on uh, Twitter, he's put, yeah, shot nine over in a club comp of 14, won, got my handicap cut, and then couldn't break a hundred for about two years. Ouch! That it happens. It, it yeah. is. It is crazy. And I think one thing that sometimes annoys me about golf is last, not so much last summer, the one before. I was playing a lot of golf in, in my club comps, etc. And as I said to you before, I'd go to the range, hit it well. I'd play practice rounds at my local club, sometimes on my own, sometimes with friends, and literally shoot level par, maybe under par. Really solid golf. Get into a comp and like seven over, five over, seven over, and it was just frustrating that you put so much effort in. And I feel it's not many other sports where like, if you start running now to do couch to 5K and you start to run 5K, you get better at running. Exactly, you'll get faster, you'll get fitter. If you go to the gym and lift weights, you'll get stronger. Now, I know there's some plateaus, etc., but typically golf just feels like one of those sports you can practice every week. You go to the driving range and hit balls and chip and put and play some golf, get to the comp on a Saturday, and it can just all fall apart. Yeah. You, might, you might almost too much practice mm-hmm. in a weird way. It's such a strange sport, but it's one that keeps bringing us back weirdly. Yeah. Um, on a note of sponsorship, yes. we mentioned it in the podcast last episode. Um, still, in, still work in progress. I've got no, I've not probably given enough thought. I've got loads of people that have applied, um, loads of juniors who say, you know, we'd really appreciate you sponsoring it. It might branch out to now maybe sponsoring a junior tournament or a two, junior, junior event or something. It was just, listen, it was a flippant comment we made last week in the podcast. Guys, frigging fault um but i am going to stay true to my word uh, i will do it i've just not figured out how and when just yet and so that's stay it. tuned we, we never once said it was gonna be done for next week it's hopefully again this podcast is ongoing and we how far it goes we don't know but we want to get behind a junior or juniors plural um and i think the amount of emails we've had in at podcast at rickshields.com you know keep sending them in we can't get back to everybody unfortunately but you never know send us an email it could be you it could be you. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the Rick Shields podcast. We'll be back next Monday with more action-packed episodes. Uh, check out the videos that's going to come out this week. We've got an interesting driver head-to-head. Uh, similar premise to the Callaway drivers we bought from Costco. So stay tuned to that one. We've got a Vokey Wedge review and also potentially an instruction video coming your way. Thanks for listening. Make sure you review the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to. Have a great day. Have a great journey to or from work. And we'll see you very soon.